is the only bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs, and we're committed to the success of women entrepreneurs and majority women-owned companies across Canada. As a proud partner of the Thrive Podcast, we're here to help you start, grow, or scale your business. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women today. Scotiabank is proud to co-present the Thrive Podcast for Women Entrepreneurs. Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. listening to the Thrive Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Thrive Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and other support to help you make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization, and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, Executive Director at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. Arielle Goff is a social entrepreneur, policy advisor, and TEDx speaker. She was a policy and regional advisor to the Federal Minister of Families, Children, and Social Development, where she worked on Canada's first national poverty reduction strategy and early learning and childcare framework. She's currently executive assistant to Nova Scotia's Minister of the Public Service Commission and African Nova Scotian Affairs. Originally from Upper Hammonds Plains, Nova Scotia, Ariel credits her commitment to business and civic engagement to her African Nova Scotian roots. She's the co-founder of Bailey Cosmetics, Inc., a Halifax-based fragrance company that supports girls' education in Uganda and has been featured on Elle Canada, Flair, Refinery21, and Yahoo Style. She was awarded the Canny Youth Impact Icon Award by the Innovators and Entrepreneurs Foundation in collaboration with Startup Canada. Amazing. A recipient of the Premier of Nova Scotia's Power of Positive Change Award, Ariel was selected to participate in a Junior Team Canada mission to the Arctic to engage Inuit youth on some of the North's most pressing issues. She currently sits on the steering committee for the Alexa McDonough Institute for Women, Gender, and Social Justice and delivered a TechX talk at Mount St. Vincent University on girls empowerment and implicit bias. Ariel was also a speaker on the Entrepreneurs Going Global Atlantic Regional Panel at this year's Canadian Export Challenge. Wow, what a bio, Ariel. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Kayla. I'm excited to be speaking with you today. Likewise, the feeling's definitely mutual. Um, So before we kick things off, what's really the one thing that you want our audience to take away from our conversation today? I would say that it's my personal mantra and I always tell myself know who you are and what you want and find a way to serve. Mm. Oh, I love that. That's a new one. I haven't heard that one on the Thrive Podcast to date, but that's definitely worth a sticky note on your computer. (laughs) That's fantastic. So tell us about your entrepreneurial journey. I think your background is so interesting and and very colorful, uh, you know, with managing both your entrepreneurial ventures and your civic duties. Um, So maybe we'll we'll dive into Bailey Cosmetics first and, and what led you through this entrepreneurial journey to start that launch. Absolutely. So both journeys are, are actually actually linked. Mm. 
I met my co-founder Edwina while I was working in politics. I used to work with her mom and I would speak to her mom on the phone and she would always say, when my daughter moves to Nova Scotia from university, you have to meet her. And I thought, okay, who is this lady and who is her daughter? (laughs) Uh, So when Edwina did end up moving to Nova Scotia, we met for coffee and we always like to say that it was an adult play date because her mom actually sat there while we were having coffee (laughs) and it was almost like we have a chaperone, had a chaperone. So from that meeting, we immediately hit it off and we knew that we wanted to start a business together and we just didn't know what. We were both interested in the beauty and cosmetic space. We both purchased a lot of cosmetics and one day Edwina said, you know what, why don't we just start a fragrance company? And I said, these are my exact words, that would be easy, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, my goodness. Yeah, safe to say it it hasn't been easy because as we know, entrepreneurship is never easy. It's, It's harder than most people think it is. But at the same time, it was just this exciting journey for me because um, I did watch my father growing up. He was an entrepreneur. He had a construction company. And the idea of fragrance was also interesting to me because growing up, I was never allowed to wear perfume because my mom has a severe fragrance sensitivity. Mm. So for us, it was about perhaps finding a way to develop a product that was safer for people to use. Mm -hmm. And that's where we are today. Fantastic. And what I I find very interesting, um, particularly within the entrepreneurship space, is for-profit entities aligning and doing social good. So while still being a for-profit company, Bailey Cosmetics is really doing incredible international work um, supporting girls' education initiatives in Uganda. What does that program look like and how did you build this model um, of your business? That was important to us from the get-go. So In addition to talking about the kind of products that we wanted to develop, we knew we wanted to do more than just sell cosmetics. Mm. And for me especially, um, having an impact on the lives of women and girls has always been a passion of mine. Uh, So when we launched Bailey, I said, you know what, we need to have that component of making a difference in the lives of women and girls. And we started to do our research. And as any company that's thinking about how you make an impact, you think, okay, do we do it on a global scale? Do we work with an international uh, foundation or do we do something here locally in Nova Scotia? So, the, so there are some amazing charities and work that's being done here locally. But in the end, we decided to work with the International Foundation simply because we love their model. We love that they're not just this international foundation going into a community and trying to tell the community what to do. Mm. They get the community leaders involved in the program. It's the community leaders delivering the program the community leaders themselves learn about girls' rights and girls' education and why that's important for the community. And then they can then go out and deliver that to not only girls, but boys too. Mm. So we love that holistic approach. And we certainly think that it's something that could be applicable in other countries and even in our own communities as well. Mm, amazing. And in your opinion, why is it important for entrepreneurs like yourself or you know, from across Canada, uh, why is it important for them to build values-based businesses and to have that positive social impact? Because I think we're seeing so many entrepreneurs go into this space, which is fantastic. But for those that are looking to build for-profit businesses, they might not be thinking about this potential. Why do you think that it's important to really be building these value-based businesses that can impact that kind of social change? I think that it's important because we've had people who have done it for us. Mm. I know for me, I wouldn't be here. or I wouldn't have the opportunities that I now have to even start a business if it weren't for the people who came before me. So it's all about what kind of world do you want to leave to your kids and your grandkids and what kind of 
world do we want to have in the future? And if we think futuristically, that's how we can start to build these values-based businesses, especially, especially when we talk about social issues and solving the world's most pressing issues and talking about sustainability as well. How do we make products and develop services in a sustainable way so that um, the earth will still be here for future generations? Mm. Sing it. Love it. <laughs> I'm in complete agreement on, on that front. So you alluded to this earlier um, in that your entrepreneurial venture, you know, came out of your, your civic engagement and, the, you know, you sort of see them as, as blended in your life. Um, and I want to know more about how you manage those two moving parts that, you know, there could be a preconceived notion that working as an entrepreneur and having a for-profit business while also being a public servant and being really focused in terms of political engagement, that there could almost be a conflict or, or that they might not reinforce each other. Um, can you speak to, to your experience navigating those two realms at the same time? Mm-hmm. For me, the two of them have never been mutually exclusive. And I think that they both speak to who I am as a person. Mm. I, I think at a bare minimum, having some type of understanding of how politics and government works helps you as a business person because you're constantly navigating that space whether you are seeking funding for your business or looking at grants, there are, um, it's, it's a complex system. So if you can get ahead of that and understand the different levels of government and how they interact, you will be well ahead of the game in business. So that's number one. And then number two, I see both business and politics and civic engagement, again, as a way to affect a social change. Mm-hmm. So in my business, as you mentioned, We have a values-based business where we talk about impact and empowerment. And in civic engagement, it's all about the nitty-gritty of policy work and and trying to build systems that are fair for all people. Mm. So I think that they both interact and work together. Uh, it's just about getting the work done in different ways. Amazing. So that's that's how you're going to change the world, Ariel. That's incredible, <laughs> working from multiple really important sides um, and, and a really incredible position for you to be in at this stage of your career. I think ultimately uh, the exposure that you've had across both of those spaces is so impressive and there's so much more room for, for you to grow into, but you know, you're know you already well ahead of, of many um, who have just dedicated on one sphere. Um, so really, Thank really you. impressive to see. So you also um, spoke a little bit earlier about your roots, um, and as someone with you know African Nova Scotian roots, what has the role of your heritage played in the development of your business, um, and really this value-based perspective on civic engagement that you have? Can you share a little bit about that with us? Mm-hmm. So my ancestors came to Nova Scotia after the War of 1812, and they were promised land here in Nova Scotia because they were faithful to the British during the war. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, when they got here, the land was not livable, and they continued to face persistent racism and discrimination as a result. But they persevered, and I can say that there are some vibrant and thriving African Nova Scotian communities here in Nova Scotia because of the work that they did. At the same time, there are still challenges, but I'm always inspired by what they were able to to do and how they were able to triumph with the little that they had. Mm -hmm. So that's what drives me to create a better life for myself and to also have an impact on my community. It's because I know that there were people before me who put in the work so that I can have the opportunities that I have. So why wouldn't I want to do that for future generations? Mm. And so my business, our values are about 
empowerment. They're about impact. It's about being authentic about our journey because entrepreneurship is hard, but it's especially hard and it's more difficult for women and black women or women of color. So how can we share our journey in a way that empowers people and just it just pushes them to just persevere? Uh, so that all comes back to my ancestry, my heritage, and knowing that there were people who came before me who did it and who made a significant impact on the world. And I'd like to do the same. Mm, incredible, incredible. And, you know, we know that obviously women are disproportionately affected, and especially black women, um, particularly within entrepreneurship in terms of funding, in terms of getting resources. Um, you know, I think we have a lot of work that we still need to do to ensure that they're, they're commensurately supported and, and that we're really building a diverse entrepreneurial ecosystem. Um, but also on the youth side, you know, you won the, the Canada um, Innovators and Entrepreneurs uh, of the Year Youth Impact Icon Award. Um, which is an incredible feat and, and that you've already built this business as a, a young entrepreneur. Um, what advice would you have for other fellow young women innovators who are looking to start a business based on your experience? Um, and, and, you know, what would you share to yourself even a few years back at the beginning of your journey? Obviously, you might share, you know, that wasn't quite too as easy as I thought it was going to be as, as you may have thought at the beginning. Uh, but what advice would you have for other young women like yourself? I would say just do it, not to mm. sound like Nike, but that's certainly another personal mantra of mine because I think action is powerful and it's my favorite word, taking action. Even if it fails, even if you take action and it doesn't work out, just the act of doing something and showing that your actions have a result, I think is powerful, especially for young people. Mm. So I work with a group of girls in my community and it's it's called Girls With Ideas. and. The program allows them to think about the ideas that they have, whether it's trying to solve an issue in their school or community and how they actually develop action plans to make those ideas happen. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily that we get to do all of their ideas, but there was one girl in the program who said, Miss Ariel, because that's what they call me, <laughs> I, I love that when I have an idea and I just say it out loud or do something about it, I can make it happen. Mm. And, and that's exactly it. Right. So you just have to take action and each action has a result. It may be a success or it may be a failure, but the power starts with you. So just do it. Mm, I love that. Every action has a result, but just do it. That 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 um, message resonates so so powerfully uh, really on the Thrive podcast that time and time again, interview after interview, I'd say almost every single person we feature here is just, just jump in, just do it, just try it. Because obviously, um, you know, you don't want to have the regret of not giving something your all. Um, and we're never going to have 100% certainty about everything. I think obviously that this global pandemic has shifted our mindset that, you know, there are no guarantees. So put in your all, try your absolute hardest to, you know, get your, your business off the ground if that's the passion that, that you're choosing to pursue. Um, but just go for it. Just just go for it. <laughs> so that, that's the, the message we'll have uh, at the end of today's conversation, but really core, I think, to uh, many people's success stories that, that we've heard on Thrive. And it's okay to pivot as well. So mm. if you do start something, you take action. And it's all about doing your research and learning. Mm -hmm. And if you learn that you need to do your business differently or you need to change something, that's also not a failure. That's completely okay. And most entrepreneurs will tell you that that's 80% of what business is. It's mm -hmm. learning to figure things out and to pivot. Mm -hmm. 
Fantastic. So on the Thrive Podcast, we are big fans of supports and resources and really offering women targeted practical advice that they can listen to this podcast episode and jump into a really valuable resource. Um, What are some of the supports that either you use or you know of other women entrepreneurs using, particularly for millennials? Um, Do you have any off the top of your head? Mm-hmm. Not to sound biased, but Startup Canada is a great place to, <laughs> great <answer. laughs> to start because I, you do have a fantastic page with resources for women entrepreneurs that I did stumble, stumble upon early in my journey. Mm. Um, I also know here locally in Nova Scotia, we have something called the Center for Women in Business, mm-hmm. which is fantastic because they connect you with whether it's financial resources or how to develop a business plan, but they also connect you with a network of women. And I think your network is where the magic can happen to get your business off the ground. Mm. Um, Another thing is LinkedIn, I think is heavily underutilized with young people. Uh, Sometimes there's this fear of just reaching out to someone who you don't know, but Mm. that is exactly what I did early on and I was able to make some fantastic connections. So figure out who's in your industry and who um, may have the knowledge or expertise that you don't have and just Mm -hmm. send them a message. You would be very surprised at how many people are just willing to sit down and have a conversation with you. I think especially now, you know, the meeting up face to face for a coffee is going to be, you know, a thing of the past for quite a while. So people are probably, um, I hope, going to be very receptive to, you know, strangers <laughs> rolling into their their LinkedIn DMs if, if that's how you position it. But, <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, I think that that overall sense of um, entrepreneurs helping entrepreneurs, it is so inspiring to see how people support younger generations, how they support even their competitors, industry to industry, um, in offering advice, saying, you know, these are the, the mistakes I made early days, here's how to avoid them. Um, I'm always so struck at seeing how generous people are with their time, and especially during COVID. Um, that, that sense of community within the entrepreneurship space has been really incredible. So I that's a, a great piece of advice. And and on the network side, I've always thought of, you know, your network is your net worth. Like you're the value of your network is so important um, and and can support you in the short term, but also long term, you know, you're constantly building your network. So making sure that you have those really strong relationships and you continue to cultivate them is so important to developing that really great suite of advisors, um, you know, potential staff that you're going to be bringing on as your business scales, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so definitely would would echo your your suggestions there. That is so true, Kayla. And I do find that especially as women of color entrepreneurs, we don't have that network starting out. So it is mm. it is a lot more work for us and it can be intimidating, but it certainly pays off in the end to develop that network. Mm, agreed. So as we wrap up this fabulous conversation, Ariel, what's the best piece of advice that you'd like to leave our listeners with um, to really take out of this conversation, noodle on and potentially implement into their businesses today? I think anyone can build a product, but not everyone can be you. You have something unique and that's your values. So start with your values when you're building a business. And if you do that, no one can touch you. Amazing. Wow. Zingers. Those are great post-it note moments as I think of it. It's almost like Oprah has her ahas and I have my post-it note moments of things to put on my computer. That's fabulous. Thank you so much, Ariel, for, for sharing a bit about your story, your, your very many journeys that you've already been on, um, and uh, for sharing some really fantastic advice with our, our uh, audience of fabulous women entrepreneurs. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure.
Thank you for joining us this week on the Thrive Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, BDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook Resources for Women Entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. Visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Rick Spence and plug into the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to thrive.